0: From the Film Society of Lincoln Center, you're listening to The Close-Up. Claire Denis' Let the Sunshine In stars Juliette Binoche as Isabelle, a middle-aged Parisian artist in search of definitive love. Binoche is both incandescent and emotionally raw in a film that moves elliptically, as though set to some mysterious bio-rhythm, from one romantic emotional attachment to another a main slate selection in last year's New York Film Festival, Let the Sunshine In* began its official theatrical run here at the Film Society on April 27th. This past weekend, Binoche joined us for a post-screening Q&A. Let's go to that now.
1: See bonsoir. Uh,
2: what What a character this Isabel <laughs> can you tell us Juliette how um, when you re- how you first re- read the script and how did you discover Isabel? I know that Claire Denis and Christine Angou I believe were thinking of you pretty early to
1: not that play, early not, not i that don't early. think they had an idea, but once uh, she decided to give me the script uh, i i didn 't see the 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 humor yet oh. so i I discovered more. When we presented the film to the Cannes Festival oh, yeah. last year, pretty late. Uh, yeah. Pretty late for us, uh, all of us. It was a surprise because hmm. uh, we were doing it quite intensely. It was only five weeks of shooting, so there was uh, uh, a sort of, you know, we had to pretty, get going. Yeah,
2: pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's interesting because it's the second time I watched the film, and the fr- you were really uh, split between. It's, being, it's finding it incredibly funny, and yet also agonizing and frustrating. And you really, uh, I certainly felt for you very much throughout the film. Could you tell us a little bit how you prepare for a role like this because it's incredible how the range of emotions you have to show but also pretty quickly within scenes. You go from being elated and optimistic to completely crushed uh, and in tears and in agony. Um, Could Mm. you tell us a little bit how you worked to prepare for the film and how you worked with Claire Denis?
1: So I, I had the privilege to work with Susan Batson who's my acting coach and she's American, she lives here. And so we, we spent some time together, working together on it. And uh, and with Chris uh, Gondois, uh, physically we, we did some training as well to prepare for the role. Um, I love preparing a, a lot in advance, so uh, when you get in front of the camera we can be very quick because you're in already. Um, and also, uh, I think as the director is preparing his movie, I think an actor should prepare it as well. Um, but it's true that, you know, Isabel is in a, you know, she's falling somehow. She's in her need of of uh, finding uh, this soulmate that she, she she's looking for. But yet she's full of hope and she's, uh, each time she's, she believes in the, you know, it's going to happen. But somehow the other person makes her define where the limit is uh, in terms of respect and sort of uh, right. inner dignity and... and right. uh, and that's what I like, that she doesn't know, but she knows as she's going throughout the the sort of uh, passive-aggressive, sometimes, uh, relationship she's having. And I think uh, men and women, we can recognize uh, what's going on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... that's,
2: that's no, it's, it's a great part because it's uh, quite refreshing to see a female character like this who's it's not about pity. No, you know, no one pities her. I think you feel some empathy for her, for sure. I mean, she's also very frustrating. Sometimes you just want to shake her. But she, the, she's she's um, she's also, and I think that the way that Claire Denis and Christine Angot wrote the part is that she they take a step back and are able to kind of laugh at it all too. You
0: mm-hmm. know,
2: because some some of what she's going through and what she's doing is pretty ridiculous. And Every, I would imagine um, in in, any time in your love life, which is not necessarily when you're an older person, but you go through those kind of relationship as well of being very optimistic about meeting someone and you know, dreaming that it's gonna be the love of your life and just kind of falling <laughs> on your face when you realize it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you uh, perhaps talk a little bit also about the, your um, lovers in the film? I don't think you've worked with any of them before, have you?
1: No, it was my first time, Mm -hmm. and and she chose a lot of directors, so it was fun to see them being in the the shoes of of an actor. I mean, most of them have been acting before, of course, but it was interesting to have um, uh, directors. And I asked Claire, I I said to her, why are you choosing so many directors? And she said, well, so they don't get impressed by you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So So that's Xavier Beauvoir, Bruno Podalides, yeah. And
1: Josiane Balescu. And Josiane Balescu,
2: of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, let's start taking a few uh, questions from the audience. If you can just raise your hand. And there uh, is there a microphone right here? I think there's someone in the front. Um, hello, Miss um, Binners, It's a great privilege and honor to see you here in person. Thank you so much. We enjoyed your uh, yes. Um, we enjoyed your your performance as we always do. It's an honor to see you here in person. Thank you very much. First of all, and second of all, I noticed that you're a great, you tend to be a great painter mm-hmm. in every single movie uh, where you have to paint. Do you paint in real life?
1: When I have time, but I never have time, so, uh, <laughs> so not a lot. But um, I have to say I have a little bit of uh, time coming, so um, I'm looking forward to, to that moment. Because it's, there's no need of you know being efficient or performance. It's just a private um, space for me. And well, when I have to paint, you know, and expose myself, I do because it's uh, it's fun. But um, I like to paint, of course, uh, in a hidden place. I think we all need to have that um, place of uh, where we do things without anybody noticing it. Mm-hmm.
2: Right there? So I
1: just said, it's not limited to women. I really think it's a universal problem. I mean, I've been
0: married, I have children, but I'm still looking for the right person, Mm -hmm. and I'm still open. But in the film, I... (laughs) (laughs) And I thought you expressed it just wonderfully. However, wouldn't you be more uh, anchored if you spent more time with your daughter in the film? Wasn't she something? (laughs) No, I mean, that gives you... I mean, I have three children.
1: Anger, he said. I
0: find that sometimes when I'm depressed or something, they do give you an anchor and something more to anchor. live for, besides love and emotion and sex and all. And I wish that guy in the first act came quicker.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, the film is not about, you know, her being a mother, but her being a lover. That's the subject of the film. So it's not about telling the story of the whole, her whole story. You know, it's just a specific uh, development of what it is, you know, to be a woman in need and the, how she's meeting different men in her life. And life. so it, it's about fragments of a woman's love life and not a, you know, a description of-
0: No, I didn't want that much with the daughter, but <laughs> I just felt <thought> that there's <laughs> an emotional anchor as well. But anyways- so what
1: I've been playing know? mothers in other films. Okay. <laughs> Uh, hi, Ms. Benorch, thank you. It was a beautiful performance as always. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking of the English patient and the unbearable likeness of being and blue and just phenomenal work consistently all, all these years. And, and you talk about being open in the movie, but as an actress, how do you stay so open and spontaneous, particularly during the difficult scenes? Um, like, how do you take care of yourself on the set? Do you stay in character all day? Is this something that just comes instinctively? Uh, How do you work? How do you do this miracle? (laughs) Yeah, it is a kind of a miracle. (laughs) You've got to craft fingers, touch wood, (laughs) spit on the floor, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, first of all, when you're surrounded by wonderful people like the director, the crew and all, it helps because uh, you you can open up more easily somehow. And... um, and also the roles that are allowed to uh, to jump. Uh, and this one was one of them. Um, at the same time, for me, you know, um, you cannot hang on to anything somehow. As an actor, you've got to do a contract within yourself that... you've got to go for it, you've got to... you know, whether it's seven in the morning or earlier or later, you've got to give it to... Uh, to a place that is dangerous, that you cannot hold on to uh, any kind of conventional, kind of easy answer. So each take is a jump, uh, and the first take, uh, the first scene we we worked on in this film was me dancing by myself on, on Eddie James' uh, songs, so to be in the need of wanting to be loved and finding this love to start the film with was kind of heartbreaking for me because it was like I had no way to hide. Um, And I think when you start sometime with the the worst, most difficult kind of situation, it helps because there's no... you cannot go around and hide. And so... um, and there's a moment, you know, I can only take care of the inner world, the outside world, the lighting, the makeup, whatever they need to take care of, you know, me being naked and all. I cannot take care of that. So I just trust them and I tell them. And, but what really I'm taking care of is the, continui- the, the continuity of the inside world of what I'm going through because that's what people's going to follow as well. So, uh, because Claire is so respectful, she has a sense of dignity, a sense of beauty as well, and loving. So she's very cautious at the way she's filming actors, and women especially. Um, And so I felt like I was being taken care of. And it's true that when you have that, which is not always the case, because... uh, there's the DP ego that wants to have the ensemble, you know, the for. but he's not looking at the face, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting how it works, or directors, they want to ignore that part of it. Uh, but Claire, for her, you know, it's still a movie. So you're making a, a special choice for uh, the image and what you want to show. And, and she wanted to, to show a, a beautiful Parisian woman that was her right idea. Uh, and I was surprised by that conception because I don't think that way. Uh, but that, that's really her choice and, and, and art. Yeah. Uh, right there and then we'll go back here. Um, thank you very much, it was a wonderful performance. Um, is there a cure for women like one you play. A cure. A cure. A, cure. a cure. a cure. Is she doomed to have failed love affairs for the rest of her life? Can you, can you repeat this, please? I'm just wondering if there's any redemption for this woman. Is she ever going to find love? Or is she just going to frighten them off with her neediness? I have no answer to that. That's a big question in my life. Um, I think you uh, finding love is the idea of going forward and, and, and finding a solution outside of yourself. And actually what the film is saying, find first the solution inside of you. So I think it's a good uh, open door. It doesn't resolve everything, but I think it's, uh, it helps. Um, now, the capacity of loving is really the big question. Uh, and how you receive love is a big question because being, you know, loving someone is almost easier than to allow love in, to allow to be loved because it, it makes you more vulnerable. It goes back to places that are painful sometimes um, because you don't feel worth it or whatever you know you went through. And I think um, what's beautiful uh, with Isabel is that she has this kind of innocence. <laughs> of that, she wants it, she believes it, and she's relentless. And no no matter how many, you know, punches in the face she's getting, she'll go back to it (laughs) with full joy of maybe he's the one. Um, But I don't have a solution, uh, you know, uh, an answer, because uh, it's it's pretty difficult, I think, to find that place. Um, More difficult than getting good roles, I'm telling you.
0: I know that you played roles of a lot of middle-aged women who have careers that are related to art. And I think I actually have your paintings in my iPad. But, and my question is, what do you think is the most special or unique character of your role in this film?
1: What, my special way?
0: What, what, what is the most special or unique aspect of your character in this film?
2: The most special the aspect, aspect
1: of my character.
0: Thank you.
2: What, the, what do you think most most interesting in Isabel,
0: or most or, unique,
1: or unique? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 for me, acting is about being present. And uh, and because I was um, I was uh, meeting different men and women. Uh, during the whole journey of this character. So it was being present with each person being different and as present as I can be. That, so that would be, for me, that was the goal, uh, to really listen for the first t- time what they're saying, to be sensitive of what's going on and with, without anticipating. Um, But, you know, I analyze, I I love analyzing scripts and breaking down scripts and understanding where it's going and seeing the arch of it. But I like to forget everything as well. And as you're going into a scene, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm discovering as it's happening. And, And after that, I forget because I have another project. And so... I have seen the film only twice, but I do remember all the scenes because they're in my cell somehow. Um, But what I can tell you is that I've been touched sharing the film with uh, each character. Uh, I remember a man saying to me, he had lots of affairs, and he said to me, "Um, it feels like it was the same woman. So I, I leave you to that. I had a broken heart, and I went to see the English Patient, and cut my hair after I saw you. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Wonderful work. I've admired everything you've done. I'm curious, in the age of Me Too and Times Up, how you, how one can interpret, is uh, her navigation through um, finding love. And I was cur- thinking about that as I was watching the the men, the characters of the men, with um, this this period of time with Me Too and 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 Times Up. And I wondered if you would speak to that if, if you wish to. Thank you so much. You've been with the banker to start with? Yes, when she I was really, yes, he was with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the complexity, and that's what I like about, you know, Claire, uh, Claire Denis uh, and uh, uh, Chrissy Nongo, the writer, is that it's not black and white. You know, we're more complex, we're contradictory uh, people so yeah there's a side of her that she liked the perversity of a relationship and she allowed it now there's a moment she feels like coming out of it because she's been through it Mm. and she doesn't know doesn't want to go back to it but i like because it's not as conventional or you know where you can you know predictable uh in that morality kind of field but that's what we go through, you know, in life, that it's not uh, as... as you, you can get clearer and clearer, but sometimes you need to have strong uh, situations that are going to make you know what you don't want and what you're willing to have in your life.
0: Huge fan, I'd say, especially since Bleu, Trois couleurs Bleu, uh, and I think from a lot due to your performance and to Master Kieslowski's direction and... I don't know, the question would be, how did you maintain throughout these years, I, you're a very luminous actress, I mean, the question maybe is, how do you maintain that uh, beautiful interior sun as an actress, I guess? I don't know if it's... How
1: do I maintain work? what? So the soleil,
0: interior? soleil interior. Ah. Ah,
1: Well, the soleil was there from the beginning. <laughs> uh, and uh, just loving life, being curious about things, and I think we all have that. Um, and I think, you know, we all go through um, different temperatures and lights and dark and whatever. Um, and, but I think as a, a very early on as a child, I was in a boarding school and I went through a tough time being somehow alone. But I always had the joy of playing. And that really kept me going because of the imagination, because of our power, the power we have to imagine things and create things. So I think when you reach the creator in you, it's, you're safe forever. So that you, you it, the, the, I think, when you identify with the emotions, when you ad, identify, identify with the situations, that's where it gets dangerous, because then you're you, you being, like it's in a wave, you have being taken by the wave. But when you somehow um, uh, identify that it's not, it's not you, you're going through that, okay, part of you is going through that, but there's an inner side of you that is, stays forever the same, and that's the spark, that's the, the love of life, that's the, the love of creating, that's the love of searching, of knowing, of not knowing. So for me, it's, it's always been there. Uh, There was just one moment in my life when I was 40 years old, after a breakdown or something, uh, um, a split up, I had a a year and a half where I had no desire. But then I allowed the no desire thing. It was tough because I didn't know when it was going to (laughs) finish. And it felt like, you know, crossing a desert in a way. But somehow, the only thing that kept me going was my children. Because I had two kids and I had to. That was my contract. But work-wise, I didn't want to do anything, and yeah, there was this time. But that was okay. I mean, it's part of learning also who you are and where's, you know, how you're dealing with things. So what I learned is to be patient with myself. Because we are different layers in, inside of us, and we can speak to oneself, right? So it's just to find that voice and... and, and and let, let it happen, and, but on the other side, uh, let the spark will be. Yeah, anyway, that's enough.
2: <laughs> that's Life advice. Uh, we have time for one more question, and I'm gonna take the lady here, right there in one of the front
1: rows. Is there any directors that you'd love to work with that mm-hmm. you haven't worked with? You know it's funny because i I don't think that way, because I think the plan somehow is some is somewhere, and i'm I'm not the director of that plan uh even though I'm choosing the you know I'm choosing the the films I'm doing, but i I tend to um not uh, anticipate things. So stay in the open. I do work, you know. I train and I do work because I think that's the minimum you've got to do. Um, but I'm I'm ready to uh, to go on, you know, a boat that would, you know, would go away and for a while and uh, and tell that story because I'm a teller, a storyteller. Um, and like for example, I've been dreaming to. Uh, work with uh, this Japanese director, Koreida, and so I'm shooting with him at the end of the year. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And and we've been, you know, bumping into into each other once in a while in different festivals, and when I went to Japan, we spent some time, and we went to Kyoto together, and so it just happened ten years afterwards, we're making a film together. So, somehow, the plan was there, but... I didn't have to push it. It's just uh, he, the desire to film also has to lift itself as well. So, yeah. Charge Chaplin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have to be open. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Juliet. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Close-Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Michael Odemark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to the Close-Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a non-profit arts organization based in New York City, supported by individuals just like you.